Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Brian, with my permanent guest, Cami. Hey, what up, Cami? Welcome back. Hey, Brian. Halloween Thank part you. two. Yes. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes was a lot of fun last week. We're following up with another literary character here in Mystery. We pick myths and legends. Sometimes we talk about Victorian era literature as well, which is what's happening a lot this month. And it, today, Frankenstein is is the the one which you may not know was a eighteen eighteen novel written by uh, Mary Shelley, uh, a very influential writer of the time. I found out so. Cammy's going to give us a story, and then I'll kind of talk about. Uh, I mean, this is really talking about Mary Shelley uh, mainly, but there's some cool stuff about. I mean, she she had an incredible life, and then of course Frankenstein's effect. Uh, on breakfast cereal has been incredible, and we'll discuss that in length in a few minutes. So, Cami, why don't you take it away with your story? Absolutely. So I used Project Gutenberg, um, and I actually found the book on there. So Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus, Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin Shelley. In my life, I've only had two obsessions. One, a girl. The other, life. Not just life. But the quality of it. I've seen men struck down with disease and hardship that caused their bodies to decay until there was nothing left. Since I was a boy, my parents, especially my mother, had a kinship with the destitute of Italy and the rest of the continent. We would travel long hours to help the sick and needy, and this is what laid the seeds of my obsession. I studied the works of scientists from a thousand years ago, Cornelius Agrippa opening the world for me. My boyhood spent hoping for the secrets of the Philosopher's Stone or the Elixir of Life. It was a lightning bolt, bright and blistering, that brought me to my conclusion. It splintered a tall oak behind my family vacation home when I was 15, and that moment burned itself into my very senses, just as it had scorched the earth. So I began to gather the pieces of my plan, but I did not know it yet. When I entered later study, I was introduced to more modern works, the science of now. But though it seemed far-fetched from my new studies, I still held that the secret of eternal life existed if only man were bold enough to look for it. And that I did, everywhere. My new teachers offered their perspective on the beauty of natural science and training on all instruments I would ever need in my work, but they stopped short of giving me what I so desired. They did not believe it existed. And so I outgrew my studies there. But soon, while I was on my own to ponder, I found the secret I so wanted. I took to gathering the needed supplies from churchyards, skin, bone, muscle, fat, all the parts that make a man. It took most of the summer to procure these parts, and by the chill of November, I had my creation. I just needed a spark. Soon, a yellow eye blinked at me, and he rose from the table in my lab. No more frightening a beast had I ever seen. A man, but not. A monster for certain, and so I ran from him, locking myself away in my bedchamber. But the restlessness I felt would not let me sleep. And here I am running still from my life's creation. Ooh. And I do want to explain, like, Frankenstein has a lot going on in it. <laughs> yeah. And so that's basically just up into the creation. There's, the whole story goes if you haven't read it goes well yeah. beyond that you know frankenstein's killing everybody right and victor's running from him the whole novel basically oh that's amazing yeah yeah i have not read it 
So it was, and that was kind of fun because you can, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you, we really kind of get a general idea, but we don't, I, I, I think a lot of people today don't know it. You haven't read the novel, but it's great. Yeah. It's out in the free domain. Download it now. I'm sure there's some good audiobooks of it as well. Um, renditions of it done and, and apparently holds up quite well. Also, I, I'm actually really interested. I'm going to try and see if I can find Kenneth Branagh, the, the famous actor and director. He did mm-hmm. a version of it and he actually even called it Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So he like there's been a, a ton of, you know, spinoffs, of course, for it. But he he kind of went a little more um, straightforward with it. Robert De Niro's in it. Really? Just just want to throw that one out there. Yeah, I was really kind of surprised by that. Yeah, Robert De Niro uh, is is in it, uh, and Kenneth Branagh, of course, directs it, but also is in it. But yeah, it was just it was interesting seeing De Niro. So that's uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's Frankenstein. He's he's the monster too. So that yeah, go go take a look at that. I think it's a '90s film. But um, yeah, so Frankenstein is it's incredible because from the sources that I looked at, I'm starting at Britannica and Wikipedia and. Uh, they they sort of credit it a lot, or they note that a lot of historians essentially credit it with being the first science fiction piece. Basically, um, Brian Aldiss is a famous British writer, and he he says that, and as well as several others, and it kind of makes sense in a way. I mean, I don't have a all the Victorian era novels kind of stuck in my head, and um. But it's it's really interesting, and and I think that that's it. And I I think it's important that it's the science fiction because it, the story is called Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. It just kind of gets called Frankenstein now. Um, and Prometheus, we actually talked about. I think specifically we had that as an episode topic. Yeah, it makes sense because Prometheus gave life to humans, and Doctor Frankenstein gives life to the monster. Exactly, and but you know with Prometheus, um, the Greek being. This is this is not science fiction. It's just fiction. So I think that's kind of the important part here. That it's not there's not a science to it. There's a specific science to this. He's collecting the parts. He infuses science, that like galvanism, the practice, this this idea, and uh, and and things like that. So now the coming of it of the book was was really funny. And Cami knew this actually. Do you want to explain that real quick? Sorry, what? How, what inspired writing the story? Like I don't it... know the whole, or I can't well, remember the whole setup, but it was but Lord Byron, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Mary, was it Shelley at the time? I feel like she, she was younger. Essentially, she, she, yeah, they weren't married yet, but she was, she was pretending to be his wife. And then um, who, whoever Shelley's first name is, was there, and then her best friend or Lord Byron's girlfriend? Yeah, something uh, like that, yeah. And they get caught in like some kind of storm, right? It's like a lightning storm. I don't, you know, it doesn't say that in my things. I mean, that might've been what it was, but yeah, they were hanging out. Yeah. And they didn't have anything to do. And so they all wrote stories. Yeah. So like what, like, I think it was Byron um, was like, so, you know, a bunch of rich Victorian era people are in, they're, they're touring like Germany, Switzerland. They're just doing, you know, European things, hashtag. And um, they, they just kind of decide one night, like, let's have a competition on who can write a story. And they had been talking about things like galvanism, um, these kind of more, you know, modern uh, sciencey things. And and life and and things like that and and it actually Shelley had all recently lost um, one of her I think her first child and some people believe that there's a connection to losing that child and then having a story about creating life although it being a horrid creature 
that kills things. I don't know if, you know, <laughs> where that's going. But it was wild. And um, Shelley was a really good writer. She wrote several pieces um, throughout her life. And uh, it, it was interesting because they became kind of more famous later in a way, I mean, she was well respected uh, in her time, but it kind of like things kind of seemed to have ramped up for her. But um, people, people liked it. Um, she had like three, I think it was three editions before she was completely, uh, or it was the novel that we know it. Um, but in the seventies, uh, there was kind of a resurgence for her other works. Um, I think during like the feminist movement, it really kind of picked up pace because. Well, of did her she pieces. win the contest? We never. That's a good point. I don't know. Well, oh, and I, that reminds me. So Lord Byron, oh boy, he's a funny guy. He was a huge like Greco-Roman file. I don't know if you knew this. And during World War One, he died in Turkey trying to help like Greek independence, the Greek independence movement. Um, he, you know, people joke like the British Museum like stole all the stuff in a way they did, but I, I won't, this isn't for me to kind of argue, but people like Lord Byron kind of spearheaded that movement. And while some people get it for malicious, rich, your uh, monetary gains, he wanted to do these sort of things for preservation. And, and I think that succeeded in a lot of ways. So I'll just leave it at that. But poor Byron, he like literally wanted to be in the front lines of like recreating a Hellenistic state and he died of like, I, it was some disease. It wasn't even on the battlefield getting shot. It was just like a TB Syphilis. or something. Yeah, pretty much probably. But um, he was, he was a wild guy. He was a really wild guy, but yeah, he was friends with, um, it was Percy Shelley. That, that was who um, Mary, That's his name. Mary married. And he was an interesting guy too. Um, she had a, a, an absolutely wild life. Uh, Mary, I'll kind of like talk with her. She, so, um, she was born in 1797. Um, she lost three kids and her pr husband prematurely. Um, she she died in 1851. So she outlived all this. Um, her mother died, I think, either at her birth or shortly after her birth. Her mother and father, though, were known uh, philosophers, writers. She was encouraged to write by her father. She wrote lot, lot like her father had her write lots of letters. So she had a a, a good education. She was well written, and it clearly shows. Uh, through her life and so yeah it, it just with her connection with her husband she uh so yeah writing frankenstein they spending time with lord byron in geneva they went through germany too a lot of the the pretty much everywhere that frankenstein takes place is basically their travel route so she was kind of taking in these sites and then using it um to write so i thought that was really interesting too and uh oh that's here it is you're you actually are right so um, this is from Wikipedia. So th this is their explanation. So they were sitting around a log fire at a villa of Byron's and uh, they were telling each other German ghost stories. That's specifically what it was. German ghost stories. Phantasmagoriana is, <laughs> is the Wikipedia page if you want to look at that up. So that's what they were talking about was German ghost stories. And I think that it kind of spun out and then kind of came to like, oh, let's write. So maybe they were saying like, let's write our own, that kind of thing. And yeah, Shelley definitely did a great job of writing her own. And and I think, I mean, it's telling. She, she like I said, a, kind of a subtitle for it is The Modern Prometheus. So she had some, it, it was a really cool infusion of that idea of Prometheus. I have to look at what the episode was that we did. I'll have to look. It was some great pun, We've done sure. twice, uh, Prometheus twice. We did. That's Pan what I thought. Dora has something to do with Prometheus. And then we did yeah. his 
I, I think we did him. That was maybe stealing fire. Yeah, I think and so then too. There was something else. Yeah, but it, it's it's a it's a human creation story, and I think he pisses off people by doing that, um, <laughs> which kind of happens to Doctor yeah, Frankenstein. What I thought was really interesting from the beginning of the book, um, it starts with like these letters that are being written, and to the first narrator's sister, mm-hmm. and um, he refers to Victor Frankenstein as almost a deceased man, like the way he looks. Yeah. And then they've brought him back to life. So it almost tells the story in that first letter or, well, I think it was like the third letter. He's almost start. She's almost starting to tell the story of Victor Frankenstein, but the mo- you know, as yeah the monster, I don't know. And, and it, that's people will, um, people who are jerks will uh, correct you and be like, Oh, it's, you know, Frankenstein's monster. And, that is true, but it, it's it's completely like taken over. That when you say Frankenstein, you don't think of oh yes, PhD. You you think <laughs> yes, the monster, and and that's sort of like kind of by design almost like it it, it almost like it intended to happen. But either way, it 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 just kind of proves the the effect of the monster uh, on the story and and on our lives and how it's spun off. I mean, it, it's absolutely wild how how it's gone out and but i i think what's really cool too though is you know if you're thinking of german ghost stories that they would talk about in the gothic uh you know victorian era having a a story that's sort of inspired by that inspired by sort of greek stories but it's also kind of scary but but it's grounded in science i that's i think that's really awesome one thing wikipedia talks about and uh is is that she was well liked um, Shelley was her works were well reviewed, but they missed a lot of the cre- the political undertones. And um, her husband and her father were very political. In fact, that's how she met her her husband. Her husband was a admirer, and and I don't know if she he worked with her father or something like that. He was he was connected to her father, and and she met him. And un- unfortunately, side note, Percy was actually married when he met Mary. And his like they had this they still did their trees together and they didn't marry until Percy's wife, former wife, killed herself. And she killed herself like the same time as a cousin or a sister-in-law of Mary did. So it's very Victorian. Yeah, it's. But you're right. It's it's very Victorian. (laughs) It's so, so rich Victorian. And I'm I'm listening um, to the. Patrick Allitz on Great Courses Works. He he did one on Victorian London. And in fact, I, I, I'm trying to, I keep thinking of things from that. And I'm like, oh, I should say that. Like, that has nothing to do with it other than it's Victorian. It's in, There's a lot, a big thing of, of rich people kind of having nothing to do. But I, I think, sh- and, and being depressed by it and, and having to overcome that in a way. And people like Byron, you know, went to Turkey to try so and So like get, us in the pandemic, Helen. but without the money. It's that modern issue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a first, this is like first world problems of the Victorian era when it was the first world. But I, I just think that despite everything that went on with her and the craziness of with her husband and I mean, that, that was, that's absolutely wild. She was able to create these really good works. They were, they had a lot of depth to them. They were kind of like scientifically focused. You know, they were based on enlightenment and post enlightenment ideas uh, encounter enlightenment too, um, which I thought was great. Um, realistic, practical things um, were involved as well, but they also had these great overall ideas and these stories. And Frankenstein itself, like I've seen the many retellings that have been told in different episodes of cartoons that I watched as a kid, and 
we all kind of get the idea. We, we you end up sympathizing with Frankenstein, the monster. In in most cases, that's kind of the the idea. But I I don't know if that is the case of um her story. Yeah, you you really do because Victor, all the monster wants is. Mm-hmm someone to share his time with. So he wants Victor to create him a companion. And Victor goes to do it at one point, and then he mm-hmm. decides against it because he's so scared of the monster that he already created. He doesn't create another one. But it ends up really being his demise, not giving the monster what he wants. Mm. It's it's a really sad story because he's j- all he wants is a friend. <laughs> It's right, like but literally it, but people run away from him. Much of himself, yeah. No, that's great. Um, I was the the modern Prometheus title was thrown around a lot during this time as well. People like Immanuel Kant um, and Lord Byron. So it 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 seems like, and it, it sort of they would use that as like the idea of like Immanuel uh, Kant apparently called Benjamin Franklin the Prometheus of modern times, so cr- the creator of modern times and things like that. So I'm I'm thinking of the modern Prometheus, uh, if there's anything kind of beyond what it means other than someone who brings life and what, the if, if you create and life. So he created life and then also was punished for it. Exactly. So it, it exactly. followed the story pretty well. Right. Yeah. So I, I, that's pretty wild. I thought that was really interesting. So yeah, this is a, a, a great story. Lots of adaptations. I, I, I love Kenneth Branagh, so I'm sure his version is good it's a 1994 film despite robert de niro being in it i just can't i i don't like i can't wait so robert de niro is the monster i'm positive hold on let me look it up real fast okay while you're looking it up have you ever seen the x-files episode the postmodern prometheus no it's really really weird i didn't really watch um x-files what what was the premise of that what was it called that i am pretty sure that it's the one with um, where they they kind of insinuate that Cher is there, but Cher, but it Cher isn't there. Uh, they filmed it in black and white, and it it looks almost like a a comic book. Um, the way the way it's actually filmed. Yeah. Um, it. I want to say that. Yeah, Scully and Mulder are in it. So, um, I looked it up here. It's season five, and. There's like just this town where they're creating these creatures that are like human hybrid creatures. Yeah. And it it reminds me a lot of the movie Mask and that's where like the share mm. references come in. So she's she's singing at the end it's not really share. Right. It well, probably did not age well, but it's it I remember it being sure. a good episode at the time. It was like a monster of the week kind of thing. I I'd be surprised if this aged well. Um, I, I don't know. I but I I love Kenneth Branagh so much. He's he's great. So yeah, De Niro is the the creation is what they dub him. Uh, Branagh is Victor Frankenstein. Helena Bonham Carter is uh, I guess his her. wife. Yeah, I mean it's it's got a cast of characters. Oh, Ian Holm is in it. He was um, Bilbo Baggins in the original trilogy of the Lord of the Rings. So it's got an all-star class. Oh, John Cleese is in it. That's right. Oh, well, oh I my god! Watch yeah. So, <laughs> 1994 film. This might be worth trying to check out. I'll have to see if this is on Netflix. That would be uh, fun. But De- and I looked up De Niro's the images of De Niro. It's it's pretty interesting. They they go. They, he's got like uh, lots of sewing and stitches, like 
trying to c- conform him together. No, no metal rods sticking out of his neck. <laughs> but he—it's uh, interesting. I'd—I'd I'd be interested to see his performance, how he did in this. I don't know. <laughs> well, Cami, uh, thanks for your story, bringing that in. I—I uh, I think I gotta read or at least watch this film now to really get the most out of my Frankenstein. Uh, Mary Shelley's story uh, and do it like do yourself a favor and read Mary Shelley's biography page somewhere it's a trip it's a trip she went through a lot for sure and I'm I'm, it's it's great that she was able to pump out some good fiction and essentially pioneer science fiction so everyone uh, thanks for tuning in next week we've got another uh, figure we're kind of going back to the Sherlock Holmesian of it with a fun story um so tune in then if you have any suggestions let us know a little uh, spoiler sir yeah. arthur conan doyle does show up in that one too oh nice yeah that's awesome yeah all right well everyone thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time <laughs>